Thanks for tuning in to Hobbs and Horror Movie Review Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Hobbs and Horror. I'm Eric. Uh, uh, <laughs> who am I? <laughs> I'm Sergeant Kabuki Man. <laughs> yes. Jason doesn't have a name on this episode, so when we're the back. Monkey rides the jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> We're back with another episode, and this week we did Terror Firmer, rocking in at a 6.1 IMDb rating, which I'm pretty sure is the highest we've ever done. And I I can't wait to get to Gavin's synopsis of this movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I do just want to quick say, like, you had earlier talked about how there's a uncut version and there's a, like, a, an extended version. Yeah. But the, the, okay. I remembered there is, and it actually came... So this was the first DVD I ever bought. And the DVD I bought came with both versions on it. Mm. The It's not really an extended version. It's like an uncut version. So, like, there's a censored version of this movie. Yeah. The censored version of this movie is actually just as funny as this movie because how they censor it is... So there's scenes in the movie, like, when he is in the bathroom and... But when Lloyd Kaufman's in the bathroom, he plays a blind movie director. He's peeing on on these two cast members, right? Well, they don't want to show that because it's un it's 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 censored. So what he does is he cuts to a scene where he's just sitting there throwing frozen peas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which actually makes it even funnier than showing it. I wouldn't say even funnier. I think both versions have their place. But it's the only time I've ever seen a movie that is that that went that route with the censor thing. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do agree with you, Jason, on, as far as coming but up with a plot a synopsis. Lot, plot synopsis of this movie. Good luck, Gavin. I mean, it's, the the short version, the long version. There's like a 25 minute difference. So there's oh, yeah. like a, a lot. lot that they cut yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Well, and you watch the movie, you can see that there. If they were censoring it, there'd be a lot of stuff to cut <laughs> yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want the the plot is really simple. You want the plot? Yeah, yeah. give you the plot. Yeah. All right. So this this movie is based on a book written by Lloyd Kaufman and James Gunn, and I don't remember the exact make title. Your, make your own damn movie? No, not make your own damn movie. It's like everything I learned about filming, I learned oh, from Toxic Avenger. I actually read that one. Something like that, yeah. and. So really, the plot is very simple. This goes through like a couple days in the life of what it's like to work on a Lloyd Kaufman set. I'm sure this is not <laughs> not 100% accurate, but I also don't feel it's that far off. Yeah. Um, the only difference between what happens in real life and what happens in this movie is simultaneously, um, there is a serial killer on the loose uh, on the set who is picking off people involved with the movie one by one, which early on we are led to believe is is a is a good looking woman with a really sexy voice. And then later we realize that that may not exactly <laughs> be what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, but the plot's very straightforward. It's just a serial killer picking off of a, a tra- they even call it trauma in the movie. They don't even yeah. change the name of the company. Yeah. Working on a trauma set. Mm-hmm. That was really good, Gavin. 
I mean, I, I mean, like, <laughs> like I think you pretty much encapsulated it all, and it just seemed like there was just so much shit going on in this movie that how would you? Do well, that? most but, of it's not really the plot. But, There's yeah. a lot of it's just like a bunch of gags. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Toddster and oh yeah, I, I sorry, I left the Toddster out of the plot. I, I got to start over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Toddster man really makes us. I already forgot me. about the Toddster. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't remember. You, you didn't remember a lot of it. I literally have seen this movie so many times that like every single line in this movie, I could like probably recite with the movie as it plays. Like yeah. it's so. And you're right. Like. We were just talking about this before we started the podcast, but like we all kind of agree this movie holds up. Yeah. 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 Uh, in this fact, was... I I remember saying, I remember the first time I watched it because we didn't say this, but actually this is probably the only movie everybody has ever watched that we yeah. did. Well, yeah. Doom Generation 2. Yeah. I remember hating this movie when I first saw it, like like dreadfully hating it. You hated it. it. Yeah, and, I did. And this movie is clearly like because it, it was, is but, clearly well, stop stop stop. Why did why did you hate it? Because it was gross. I do not remember because it was. Uh, it's not my thing, man. Okay, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's, I'm just curious if there was something that changed about what why I you what. Hate well, I think what the biggest thing that changed it is is that this movie is on. Two, three steps easily above everything else we've watched. <laughs> you know, like, like this is what this genre of movie yes. in my eyes should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they had the right amount of comedy. They, I mean, the I thought the effects, while ridiculously cheesy at most points in time, mm-hmm. it was ridiculously cheesy in a fantastic way. Yeah. Like, it's what you want when you watch a movie like this. Mm-hmm. You know, the cheesiness was not because they didn't have... Well, it was because they didn't have a budget, but they had it nailed down so well that it, it's what you want them to do in this movie. It's not... They're not being held back by anything, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So... The first question I want to ask both of you is, is this a movie you would have ever picked for this podcast? Or would you put this in a category that, no, this is way too good to do on this podcast? Because I admit, for the listeners, I pick this movie. So, yeah. uh, Jason, you want that? or? Uh, I mean, I probably wouldn't have picked this one. Only because it's one of the most well-known trauma movies out there. And I feel like it's been like anybody who's kind of wanted to see it has had ample opportunity, especially now that it's on streaming and everything else. It's pretty well known. Um, I like we were talking before, like I was thinking about going into some of the trauma movies, but I was thinking about going into more of the ones that are that kind of pass us by, like mm-hmm. uh, the what is it? Uh, dumpster baby. I'm very <laughs> curious about dumpster baby and I've heard oh. good things about dumpster baby. So <laughs> I have not heard good things. Really? <laughs> I haven't heard bad things either, but I have not heard good. things. Yeah. I, I mean, there's not a lot of talk about dumpster baby, yeah. either, but like I, uh, but yeah, like I, I think it's appropriate for the podcast. I definitely think it's an appropriate movie for the mm-hmm. podcast. Cause it's, I mean, it is a bad movie that's ends up being really good. It's mm. like, I don't know, Gavin, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if I would have picked it or not, but I didn't, I don't take issue with the pick. I'd, yeah. I'd, sooner or later, a trauma movie was going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
And I guess I'm kind of glad this was it, because this is probably their best movie. I don't know if that's going too far, but it mm-hmm. might be Troma's best movie. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I uh, it's not my favorite Troma movie yeah. personally, mm-hmm. but I it but my favorite movies and what I think are the best movies are not the same thing. Those are two very different things oh, I, in my world. Me too. So like for me, like my favorite is Sergeant Kabukimon. Mm-hmm. But it's not as good as this movie. Right. Like, it's not a good movie. Right. Um, this is actually, I I think, a legitimately good movie. Like, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's something that I'm going to have to fight really hard to argue on here. But uh, not with me, you're not. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I guess maybe I wouldn't have picked it just because I wouldn't have thought of it as necessarily being bad enough to be on here. But it, it definitely hits all the targets. I mean, it's it's In- it's got all the low budget crap that we're looking for so mm-hmm. and and the reason why i asked that question is just because i want the perception of like i said this movie to me was steps and steps above what we've watched mm-hmm. and is that just because this is what these movies are supposed to be and the stuff that we've been watching are people trying to achieve the level of lloyd kaufman which in falling dramatically short you know I, and i i think this is, again this is, i don't know if this is controversial but I think Lloyd is legitimately a good director. I do too. I I think that <clears throat> what he does, um, there's a there's a point in the movie where what's the car- Casey? Yeah, where Casey is is complaining about the Sam Fuller movie Shark, mm-hmm. and he says, "Oh, well, if you don't have the budget, you shouldn't have done it." And what's funny about that is the stuff that he says about mainstream movies is supposed to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like the bad guy version, like oh, only Titanic and stuff like <laughs> is good. But on that point, I think he made a solid point because that's why Lloyd is good at what he does. He knows the limitations of his budget. Mm-hmm. He stretches those limitations, but he knows what they are. So you get exactly the level you're expecting, expecting out of out of it. He's not trying to make a great movie and then failing at it. Yeah. He's hitting the mark of what level he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you gave him $50 million, he'd make a damn good $50 million movie. You know, but that's not, that's not the world he's living in. He knows how to make what he has. I've always thought, like, if I ever won the lottery, I would love to give him, like, $200 million to just do make a movie. Just see what he does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think... That he would be like investing in all this great CGI and shit. I think he'd just have like he'd have like a hundred thousand dollars worth of cantaloupes. <laughs> you know, like, like, like I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm very curious what he would do with a two hundred million dollar budget or something. He's like, man, I can blow up a lot of cantaloupes yeah. in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Lloyd's Lloyd's a weird guy. Um, you know, we we went off on a tangent about Charlie Band before. I'm not going to do that again this time. But yeah, <laughs> but well, you mentioned the name, so Jason's going there. No, so. no, 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 no. But no. but like, but Lloyd lives in that same kind of world. But they're very different people. Very different. And like, so so Lloyd, Lloyd came out of like this background. Like he went to Yale. Like he he grew up and he had money. He could have done whatever the hell he wanted to do. His early movies are very artsy. Um, he hung out with major rising star directors like Oliver Stone. Like he, he was on the set of Rocky. Like he <laughs> used to be somebody who could have been mainstream, and he just said fuck it, and he's <laughs> and he's like I'm not gonna do that, and he chose to go the other way. So like 
he presents, he does this Uncle Lloyd thing where he's like, I'm the goofy, <laughs> weird guy. But, like, the whole thing is an act. Like, the dude is brilliant, mm-hmm. and he just knows how to go for the direction he's going in. Charlie Band is not an act. Charlie Band is exactly the sleazy <laughs> guy he presents himself as. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, like, I think you talked about with... In the when on the many diatraps we've gone on with talk Charlie Band, Charlie Band is a guy that's just making movies to make money, and mm-hmm. and Lloyd Kaufman still very much has the art in the movies he's making. He does, but he still he still has that money thing too because Troma Troma doesn't make a lot of movies, but Troma buys and distributes a shit ton of movies, and. They're debatably worse than full moon movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll, if they can buy a movie for five bucks and distribute it, they'll do it. So they'll slap their name on anything. Yeah. But but they're more honest about it. Like, they're not going and being like, dudes, you got to check out this amazing movie. Like, like Charlie Van will be like, dude, look, check out this movie. There's like a bong and it'll kill you. <laughs> Lloyd won't do that. Lloyd knows that he's peddling garbage. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> yeah. I, remember when I first started, like, this was the big one for me that really, like, sold me on trauma. Like, I think it must have came out when we were about 15, 14, 15 years old. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And so it was just at the perfect time, you know, like, my budding sixth sense of humor was just, you know. And um, I remember being a little disappointed just because I, I watched this movie. I loved it. I mean, I still, I would put this on my, like, top five like best like horror comedies if you want to even call it horror yeah i top five oh absolutely yeah i mean with alongside tucker and dale and all those it's a totally different type of style but i think like one thing i really think doesn't get mentioned and i don't know if maybe gavin you can tell me whether you agree with this or not Mm -hmm. i think he was a little ahead of his time in how he paces his films because the reason i say that is you look at movies from the 80s, right? And this wasn't from the 80s. This was the 90s. However, it was still kind of at the end of that era of slow burn movies, of movies that just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say dragged, but there was a lot of development. There was a, a lot, lot of build like, up to a lot of build up. And, you know, even in the 90s, we saw some of that, you know, it wasn't until the early 2000s, I think, where. All of a sudden, you know, even kids' movies now, it's just nonstop action in your face. Like, mm-hmm. constant stimulation. And I feel like he was a little ahead of his time with that. Because he, the pacing of his movies, the ones he's directed, are very similar to Terra Firma, where it's literally... I mean, the whole time we watched that movie, I think I picked my phone up twice just to check my notifications. Otherwise, I was, like, completely... Yeah. And I've seen the movie a thousand times, you know. And you're going to miss... it. If you turn your and head you away, do, you're going to miss a lot. Absolutely. You know, because it's just constantly go, go, go. And that was another thing that I thought was really good about this movie mm-hmm. was that it grabbed you right away and just took you in it. And it yep. never really stopped yeah. through the whole yeah. movie. And I mean, I will say, I think I personally, I thought the movie towards the end, it started dragging. Like I was like, okay, I'm ready for this to be done now. Mm-hmm. So I think they could have shortened it. But it does drop off a little at the end, but at that, but at that point you're in anyway. I mm-hmm. mean. Right, and and the other side of that too is is that that I'm looking at it from my perspective where this isn't really my style of movie. Mm-hmm. So so for somebody who really digs this, 
I mean, you guys were probably locked in fine. Like, I think you even said, Jason, this movie could go on for another two hours and I <laughs> yeah. never get bored. Yeah, yeah. it's so, true. I, like, as long as they could keep that pace up, I think that I, I'd never get sick of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll jump on and agree with that as well. Like, we had the running joke earlier on in this podcast about, like, my, my ideal movie is 87 minutes. Um, and this movie, like, the short version is 98, and I think we watched the longer version. We did, we did yeah. And I I have no issues whatsoever with the pacing of this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't at any point being like, you've overstayed your welcome. Yeah. I thought it's just fine. Whether he was ahead of his time about that, that I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a, much of an opinion one way or the other on that. But he definitely understood the pacing. Yeah. And, and like... Things just kept going. There was always another gag coming, and um, same as same as you said, Jason. Like, I barely looked at my phone, and I'm really bad about looking <laughs> at my phone. Mm-hmm. But barely, barely in this movie because everything keeps coming, and you have to watch. Yep. Because the most random crap is going to pop out of the background in every single yeah. scene. Like, I don't know how you even script a movie like this. Because, like, it could be something as dumb as, like, two people say something, and then the third person says something, but they just say it in, like, an odd voice. Right. But that's all it takes. Just be yeah. like, well, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it, but it hooks you in. Like, it's just like. Yeah, I don't think there's a single frame of this movie that I would take out. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, like, and that's why, I mean, you guys can probably guess where my rating is going to go with this, but. I think I know where your rating is going to go. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's pretty predictable, but you know, I mean, this, this, there, this movie to me was perfection. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's got everything in it that, and at the, and I think part of it too, is the time it came out. It was a perfect time for us as teenagers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. So one of the things I took from this movie, I, I compare this to um, like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, where okay, this was when you watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, you get the feeling that that this was them just having fun. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like like we're gonna make a movie and just it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Now, and I really like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Just for the record, I I like that yeah. one. So. I'm curious is this is that just the feel of a Lloyd Kaufman movie or would you say that that's exactly what they were doing in this movie where it was more of I them all This the- is more than that I that is a feel but I think this more than ever because he was really like because he's playing like a fake version of himself and this is like the fake version of a set they made so many references to like this was a really like a love letter, you know. Like if <laughs> yeah. you if you had seen the earlier trauma movies, you're gonna pick like I don't know if Eric knows, but I know Jason obviously knows that like at the Toddster party, mm-hmm. the punch bowl thing, oh, like yeah. it's the penis monster yeah. in the punch bowl. Yeah. Like the average person picking up this movie is not gonna know why there's this weird creature in yeah. the punch bowl, <laughs> but that's a reference to an earlier trauma movie. Yeah. There's all like all most of the at least the the ones that are directed by lloyd kaufman there's a lot of inside jokes for people that are into trauma movies mm. the, the, i mean trauma's got a following you know and so there's certain things we expect from a trauma movie mm-hmm. um that's directed by lloyd kaufman for instance the car crash scene yeah you know that is comes to mind first that's in every single trauma movie and if listeners out there uh you're not that familiar with trauma you don't know what i'm referencing in every single one of the trauma movies that lloyd has done there's always a scene where there's a car chase and every single one, they use the same footage 
that they used originally in the Toxic Avenger because he's too goddamn cheap <laughs> to make. Yeah. A but new, that's awesome, but, man. Of course. <laughs> well, I think initially when he reused it, it was to, because he was cheap. Mm-hmm. After after people responded by like, dude, that's the same fucking scene. Yeah. Then he he's like, oh, okay, you know, I think I'll do this in every movie, and. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, but but now you know we look for it every time a new trauma movie comes out. We like we expect there's going to be a car tra- chase scene, <laughs> and it it's going to noticeably cut to this way older scene <laughs> of a car that's not even probably the same car that's flipping over and exploding. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they and they played into that here too, like. Um, my understanding is the same as what you just said. Like, I think he originally did it because he was cheap, but then it became like the running joke. Yeah. But here, like, by the time Terra Firmer came out, again, the fans who, you know, would know the references were in on this joke. Mm-hmm. So they cue it up. Like, it's not like a 30 second scene. Here they cue it up like five minutes ahead <laughs> of when the payoff is. Do this whole other, like, side gag. Mm-hmm. leading up to the car crash and explosion so it's like you're already primed you're like okay <laughs> i know this is coming okay oh you, you showed the, the 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 car driving footage yep. i know what's coming there's yep. gonna be a car flip yeah but you gotta wait because yep. first there's gonna be a naked man running through Times square <laughs> yes yeah i you know the other thing i i yeah, i've seen this movie a thousand times and one thing I will say watching this now for a podcast where I'm actually looking to for things to, to discuss about it, the acting was phenomenal in this mm-hmm. movie. I mean, there are so many different characters on that movie set in this mo- in this movie, and each one is very unique. Each one is very well like acted. I mean, every single one of them. The acting was just phenomenal. I, I thought, you know. Uh, for a movie that's, you know, it's a trauma movie, you know, but for a low budget movie, Christ, they did a really Ooh, good, good job. job. Yeah. Like every single actor in that did a great job. Yeah. In my opinion. No, I, I agree. And that, that kind of goes in parallel with what I'm saying, like with Lloyd knowing what his target is, like mm-hmm. with the budget. Um, acting isn't really a budget issue necessarily, but they're acting on the same level. Their acting is bad, but it's all bad in the same way. Right. So it's consistent. Yes. Like, if you had a normal movie and one character talked the way that these characters talk, you'd mm-hmm. be like, this person's freaking terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But because they're all so consistent in the way they do it, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, and I think that takes, like, talent to do It that. does. It certainly does. To, to have that consistency is... Like, it, that's not e- an easy feat, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Yeah, the tone is, like, there isn't anybody that takes you out of the movie because they all understand yeah. what level they're on. Yeah. Yeah, I, the, char- <laughs> the characters. I want to I give a shout-out to a character. Is it Joe? I don't know who's Joe. Joe Fleischman? No. Okay. Not Re- Joe Rest Fleischman. in peace, Joe Fleischman. No. I don't know the character's name, but... And I don't even know what their title is. Yeah. But it's like like script supervisor or production assistant or whatever the person with the clipboard that follows Lloyd around oh, okay, okay okay yeah i love that that is <laughs> that is one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie is that like in the very first scene it's like 
a young man with a mustache yeah. and, and stuff. <laughs> and then slowly throughout the movie, each time you see them, something has changed mm-hmm. where then by the end of the movie... It's it's a woman with like all fears. I have yeah. to- I totally miss that. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's the same actor the whole time, but from the first scene to the last scene, each time you see this character, they've slowly changed from a boy to a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the end, they're like they got like a tank top with their boobs out. Yeah, but it's in the but in the first shot, they have a mustache and uh, yeah, and like you can tell it's a woman with a fake mustache, mm-hmm. but they they play it like it's not right. And I think that's just great. Like nobody ever says God, a single thing. Now I feel like I have to rewatch this movie just to watch that because that's fun. That's great. There's so. all kinds of like even like when they're in Casey's bedroom later on. Like there's so many jokes about the labels of the stuff on the wall. There's mm-hmm. like one of the jars is like Popo's legs. Yes, <laughs> and like Popo yeah. is a puppet. He doesn't have legs. <laughs> right. Like, there's just all, so many weird things that nobody comments yeah. on, but they're just going on in the background. And the attention to detail is yeah. just, yeah. I, and, and I did I did take that from from watching this. I noticed a lot of, like, there were, there were jokes that anybody would get, and then there was more clever jokes that you had to really be listening to that added a whole nother level of the comedy to the movie, which yeah. I think is just brilliant because you're... Because there's a lot of people that'll never hear those jokes because they just don't pay that close attention to it. Yeah. But for the people that do, it enhances the movie that much more. Yeah. That's all. So what do you think as far as the humor goes in this movie? This is very punk rock. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Troma's very punk rock. Do you think it, it holds up in today's culture? Like, do you think... Like humor? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think it does. I mean, I... I would tell you that well, some people would probably be offended by a lot of the things that are done. I mean, there's the pedophilia jokes in this. There's like all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know that it's any more offensive now than it was when it came out. Okay. Um, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, and and don't don't get me wrong. Like before we watch it today. Yeah. I was concerned about that. Sure. I was concerned about that because I'm like, can we still have a movie where yeah. <laughs> we're the main villain? Like, can we still do that? Right. Um, and I'm going to say, yeah, I think we can. And the reason the reason I come away with that is because, again, I'm going to... This is this is the podcast where all I do is kiss Lloyd's ass. Yeah. <laughs> so if Lloyd ever hears this, Lloyd, this is me just kissing your ass for an hour. <laughs> Anytime that he throws in anything that's, like, remotely offensive... Mm-hmm. Or, you know, pushing the boundaries or whatever. Like, he's not doing it to be mean. Yeah. At no point, like, the main... I guess we can give it away. You're supposed to watch the movie before you hear that. So, like, it turns out, like, the main villain is, like, a hermaphrodite. Right. But um, they were born with both sexes apparently working. And they they got their their penis chopped off. By Ron Jeremy. By Ron Jeremy. (laughs) Who rapes them. Right. So, it's like... Okay, so it's it's definitely like now now that like trans issues are such you know mainstream, it could come across the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But it's I could be wrong, but I don't think that Lloyd is like making fun of it. Yeah. Like I don't think that's really what he's doing here. Yeah, he when he does, when he addresses these controversial things, he's embracing it. He's yeah. bringing it out there. He's opening a conversation. Yeah, he's not like. We always use the phrase like punching up or punching down. Yes. Yeah. And he's not punching down on I agree. anybody. I agree. 
Like he's it's it's done in such a way like you don't catch it if you don't know. Mm-hmm. But he's actually making fun of the people who make fun of this stuff. Yeah. I could see that. I could totally see that, but I will flip on the other side and there are some people that are so sensitive about those issues. They don't care about it, context. Yeah, they don't care. I'll, they you just don't talk about it. Yeah. Right. You know, or whatever. It's just one it's just a thing that is not appropriate to be said. Yeah. You know. I think what so, what really um kind of like reinforces what Gavin is saying is like there's so much going on in the movie. So like the hermaphrodite part whatever like he he's got a stub penis and this pussy that's like <laughs> the dripping and like all gross you know like but you know like while all this is going on there's also like you know like a, a very butch lesbian chick or whatever getting fingered on the side <laughs> while jerking off somebody you know and i mean when you add all of this stuff up how can you find it offensive to one group right because right? it's literally He's he's embracing everything. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Was, wow. Yeah, that's sensitive. Um but he's embracing so many different things and and you see it all on the fil- film. So that when he gets to a part that might seem offensive like to a particular group like you've already like seen him, you know him I, poke fun at yeah. 13 other groups. Well, what? not even poking fun at like literally just showing you like uh a, a gay guy with like tons of makeup on yeah like talking about sucking dick and whatever like it's obvious like to anybody who isn't yeah. look, looking for something but, but again that character like another person another character might like make a like a anti-gay comment yes. at them yep but the movie itself is in no way making fun of that character right right, right. yeah I just thought I wanted to get your opinion about that because I thought that was uh, yeah. something I when we when when I found out you were going to do this movie I haven't seen it probably in at least ten years and so I I was wondering how that was going to hold up I, th- I think it's all about the context and and it's worth noting that like a lot of people came out of trauma yes um, James Gunn who partially wrote this came out of trauma now he runs the DC yeah. movie universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Eli Roth is in this movie. Joe Lynch is in this movie. Um, they're both big directors now. And around the same time, you know who else comes out of Troma? The guys who made South Park. Mm-hmm. And South Park is very much the same thing. Yeah, where I would each, agree with where that. each week, they're making fun of everything. But at no point are they mean-spirited about it. Mm-hmm. And they like, have they that. know their audience. And they are one that's like a lot of people reference as like South Park's never gotten canceled. Right. Mm. Like they, South Park is like gets a free pass. Like they yeah. like people do not go back and look at the old South Park episodes. And like, I mean, even I, I, I went back and I actually watched all of South Park with uh, Jack because he wanted to watch them. <laughs> and the earlier season, it gets more offensive as it goes. Mm-hmm. But when they introduce Timmy, the disabled kid, <laughs> yeah. that's the only thing that I can really think of that might be like, eh, you know, now, like if he, if they were to come out with that now, yeah, like maybe not okay. Yeah, yeah, Timmy and Jimmy are kind of questionable, but yeah, but but as a whole, like again, they're not. You've got to understand that they're not doing it in a mean way, no. and they know who the audience is. Yeah, they've got. Um, 
I can't think of the teacher's name. Mr. Garrison. Mr. Garrison. And Mr. Garrison has a gay... <laughs> sex slave. Sex slave. Yeah. Like BDSM sex slave. <laughs> yeah. It's At some point in the series, Mr. Garrison starts transitioning into a woman. Yep. He gets a gerbil lost in his ass. <laughs> the entire episode is the gerbil's yes. adventures in his ass. Which is still my favorite self work <laughs> Right. Yeah. But at no point is this ever making fun of gay people. Yeah. Like, that's not the point. Yeah. Mm. And I, you know, and, and I think, like, that really shines through. Like, like, like it's genuine. Like, you can yeah. tell... You know, because you you can kind of tell when there's something like low key, uh, mean spirited, yeah, in something. Even if it's not outright, a lot of times you can you can pick up on that. You know, like oh, you know, this is pro- this, this isn't really, you know, yeah, yeah. And I can never envision having a moment in like through Terraformer, all the things they do, never being like, oh my god, I can't believe they just did that. You know, like yeah. it's never that bad. Yeah, to really. And if you buy into one, you kind of kind of buy into it all, like because it's all the same right. type of thing. So you'd have, you'd be picking a movie apart. That's and the, you could easily be like, well, why did you have a problem with this, but not you know, like, this <laughs> yeah. other thing, you know? Yeah, so. and I don't and I don't know how to like. I couldn't tell you where the line is. Like yeah. that's that's too abstract. Absolutely. I have no idea to, how to tell you where that mm-hmm. is. But it but it is important to understand. That, that that this line exists, mm-hmm. even if you don't know where it is, and you can do humor. I mean, that's that's the whole history of humor. I mean, especially in the stand-up world, which is way rougher. Yeah. I mean, you're you're shitting on people, mm-hmm. but it's never ever mean. If it mm-hmm. is mean, you're doing it wrong. Then right. you're not even doing stand-up. Right. You're just being an ass. Yeah. But if you're making fun of people. But you're doing it in a way where you're like Laugh. doing it sort of ironically. Yeah. Then it's okay. Yeah. And Lloyd gets that. Mm-hmm. Like he he will make fun of everybody. There's there was a thing in in Terraformer. They this is a self referential thing mm-hmm. where they talk about how Lloyd or they refer to him as his character's name. Yeah. How Lloyd was ahead of his time. Because he had AIDS. AIDS in a movie in like yeah. 1985, yeah. before any mainstream movie would touch it, mm-hmm. and they and they said again in Terra Firma, they're like, we didn't, he didn't address that in a serious way, yeah. <laughs> like like it was clearly done in a highly inappropriate way, right? But they know that, like, yeah. they're not out there to like educate people and being like, here's how you protect yourself from AIDS. They're just opening the conversation on these boundary pushing issues yeah like nuclear energy yeah as another one toxic avenger i mean that's what yeah yeah so interesting so you, you gotta understand lloyd uh or you know, maybe you don't even have to understand lloyd you should be able to watch the movie and understand that it's not hateful yeah i don't know i'd love to have a long conversation with him about that i don't know yeah, I don't know if I'm he'd just, go on the record about it or if he'd have to stay in his character or he's just a goofy guy. <laughs> well, the reason I bring it up is, be, you know, partly just to just to make the conversation, but also because he does have a movie that's been done called Shakespeare's Shitstorm for quite a while, and it hasn't gotten released. I know that the same thing kind of yeah. happened with Poultrygeist, where it sat for a long time and it didn't get 
It, and, get... and I know some people have seen Shakespeare Shitstorm. I don't know how people are seeing it, but it is yeah. getting around I do. somehow. Well, I think it's the same way you're going to be seeing it. Yeah. I think it, it's been to a few festivals. But, like, you know, I just wonder, you know, like, is he going to kind of... Is he is he going to kind of reference the, the this new, like, woke culture stuff in this new movie? Is he going to just continue to do what he did and hope for the best <laughs> you know you know because i i just wonder i wonder what his take is or what his um i guess what his response is going to be with the culture shift yeah in this, and and newer movies that come out well i would assume i mean you got to remember as our culture shifts he's shifting too Mm-hmm. So it's going to be some sort of level of controversy, probably, yeah. because that's what he's always done. But it might be taint, like if you compare it to what he was doing 15 yeah. years ago, it's probably going to be toned down because just by nature, his sense of humor has been toned down. Maybe over time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even remember anything in Poultry Guys being controversial. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long like time. Like I said, either. that was a musical. But, so it, but I... it's not. But that. Tromeo and Juliet okay. certainly was. Tromeo and Juliet, something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but poultry guys. So Eric, just so you're aware of what this is, the the premise of that movie <laughs> is they build a fast food restaurant, right? Like a fried chicken restaurant, but they build it on top of an ancient <laughs> Indian burial ground. So the, the the place becomes like. I don't know if they're ghosts or demons or what yeah. they are, but like these half human, half chicken, <laughs> yeah, spirits fuck? come and attack them. Mm-hmm. All right, um, and, and this movie has been made and, and yeah. is available. Oh, yeah. oh so, it exists. So, so maybe we have my next choice. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, remember you said you couldn't handle musicals, and this one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's that a lot true. of musical numbers. Yeah, that's not probably. Yeah, if I would have if I would have picked a Troma movie, I probably would have picked Troma and Juliet. Yeah, which, which isn't like the most horror movie. No. But, but it, again, it's been a very long time since I've seen it. But it was one of the ones I found more challenging to sit through, like as far as being uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the father in that movie, Juliet's father, is like keeps her in a little glass cage and just takes her out and rapes her. <laughs> like it's it's like there's a line in the movie where he's like, "I'm going to, I'm going to kill you while I fuck you." <laughs> like, and it's like, oh shit, you know, like and. Uh, I mean, there's some really, really like offensive shit in that movie. Yeah, but that is where we get the the penis monster from. I think, right? Is it from there? I think so. I thought that was a Newcom High thing. No, that was Newcom High was '80s and shit. That that was before. I, I I'm pretty sure Tromeo and Juliet because he in Tromeo and Juliet he has that dream of the penis coming out. Okay. And, like, um, but yeah, I don't know. Shows what I know. I don't know where the penis monster is. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Otherwise, it, it killer condom too. But it, was it in killer condom or was that not a? I don't fucking I don't know. know. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Go home and watch all the movies again and read yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Tromeo and Juliet. Like it's, oof, it's a. I I I won't say anything bad about it, yeah. but it's it's a challenge. Yeah, it's, it's like if. If if you if you want to watch something uncomfortable, I watched something really uncomfortable last night. What's that? I watched a movie. This is a lifetime movie. This is just oh, preface shit. this. I watched a <laughs> Why lifetime. Why the fuck are you always watching these <laughs> lifetime movies, man? I watched this. It was called Girl in the Basement. Huh. And holy crap. Holy crap. 
Yeah. It's based on a true story. Uh-huh. It's lifetime ripped from the headlines. And like this father doesn't like his disrespectful teenage daughter. Oh no. So he builds this bunker in the basement. Oh, I've seen this. <laughs> I've seen this. Oh, that is a fucking good movie. And he puts and he puts her down there yep, and she keeps ha- her down there for 20 years. Yep. Rapes her repeatedly. Yes, has kids down has there. Has kids with her. Yep. And then at one point he even threatens to have kids with his Incestual granddaughter. Yep, yep. Wow. Yeah. It's a fucked up movie. Yeah. And like, it's based it's it's based on a this true is a, story. This is a true thing that happened. Yeah. And like I was like, this was on lifetime. Like it was really hard to watch some yeah. parts because they do not like they don't show anything, but man, like they do not shy away from that. Yeah. So is that on a streaming service that you watch that? No. No, okay. no, I got that uh, downloaded illegally. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, well, it's based on the same story that the movie Room was based on, mm-hmm. but Room is almost like a happy feel-good movie compared to that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I didn't know those two were the based off the same thing, but yeah. I've seen both of them, and I, 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 I liked both of them. But I, I would definitely agree with you that the girl in the basement is much more uncomfortable. It was. I that was another one where like I it got like my full attention yeah just because I was like what the hell are you doing yeah so so maybe we should start a podcast on lifetime movies that should have never been made and this could be no the first not never should have been but 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 it's like this the thing so this the girls in the basement for twenty years has at least three if not four kids with her own father yeah and they never get to leave this bunker and all that time. That in itself is creepy as hell. But then on top of this, the girl's mother and sister live upstairs. Yep. And for the 20 years, they're looking for her. Yep. And she's it's like five done. feet underneath them. Yeah. Wow. That is just, yeah. Going back to the um, to the movie, uh, I, I wanted to say as far as like uncomfortable or uh, pedophile type shit, one of the things that Lloyd Kaufman does in his movies is he kind of makes people uncomfortable about his own kids <laughs> because he thinks it's funny. Like he, like in Romeo and Juliet, the, one of the main character, the the father is always referring to Juliet as, as his little Crenshaw melon. And he's like, daddy's a little Crenshaw melon all the time. Right. Apparently in real life, that is what he calls his daughter <laughs> is his little Crenshaw melon. And I thought that, like, it's really uncomfortable to know that. But it's like, what is, what is, what what is, what does he do that shit? I don't know. But write what you know, man. Write what you know. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Lloyd. Yeah. But that was one of those things, because I did read uh, that that book, um, Everything I Learned was from the Toxic Avenger. Yeah. I read that when I was a security guard back in the day. Mm. And, uh. Yeah, like that was one of the things that I stuck out from the book. I'm like, why would you <laughs> like? Call? Yeah, and he has his kids in the movies doing weird shit and stuff, and kind of makes his own daughter look like mentally challenged and well, stuff. Maybe I'll maybe I'll corner him uh, in October and just berate maybe him with, with questions. questions. Yeah, I mean, I'm stuck in a rundown Holiday Inn with him for a weekend. So. <laughs> yeah, and you got a lot of time to prepare. So yeah, you can come up with some good ones. Yeah, and that's. Um, I, this is early enough that I can do this. Uh, I can be like, hey, for people who don't know, uh, there's a convention called uh, Cinema Wasteland, and it's in Cleveland, Ohio. 
actually in Strongsville, Ohio, but was we say Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, and of the many, many people who are going to be there, including the cast of Sleepaway Camp, which we did on this podcast, um, Lloyd Kaufman is going to be there showing Shakespeare Shitstorm. And it's a great convention. Um, it's like it's like the dirt mall of conventions. <laughs> it's an absolute terrible hotel. The elevator doesn't work half the time. Really run down. And this is like the convention you go to if you're into just complete garbage. Yeah. <laughs> because... All it is, this if you want to see punk rock, heavy metal people passed out in the hallways of a hotel, drunk in the middle of the day, yeah. this is the convention you want to go to. Nice. Um, <laughs> You're selling it. Good. I, yeah. I mean, they tried for years to get me to go. They're like, oh, you've been going to these mainstream ones. you got to go to Cinema Waste. I'm like, oh, that's a long drive. Mm-hmm. And then I went, and I'm like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, nobody here, like, all the mainstream conventions at this point are like people selling stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like... They're like, hey, I'll give you my autograph for 50 bucks. And this is still, like, people who are legitimately, like, they'll, they'll charge you for signatures, but it's, like, practically nothing. Yeah. Because they're just happy to interact with people. Right. Well, Jason, now you got to go. You got to yeah, get some we'll time see. off in October and so we can go to this. We can all three <laughs> of us go to this thing. Yeah, it's, we'll and maybe, it's maybe the, we can ju- even get Lloyd Kaufman on this podcast. It's a good possibility. <laughs> yeah. And especially the fact that Shakespeare Shitstorm is going to be playing that that really... Because really? uh, I've been wanting to see that yeah. for a while. <laughs> Lloyd is a very good self-promoter. He's yeah. fucking awesome. He's the yeah. king. Yeah, he's the king. He yes. is. Yes. <laughs> So we haven't even done ratings on oh, this movie yeah. yet. So who wants to do that? Well, any, any takers on this? or Where do you think my rating is going to be here? I think your rating is going to be a 12. That's exactly what I was going to say, actually. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Oh, see, th- then I feel this is unfair because I was going to say 10 thinking that 10 was top. Yeah, no. Oh, no, Jason's given movies more tw- more than 10 on I think I gave, occasions. no, one. I think it was the janitor. Yeah, you did I think give the janitor, the janitor got 12. a twelve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that one and this one get a twelve for obvious fucking reasons. There is a, a single frame of this movie I would change. I think every single line in this movie is fucking great. Mm-hmm. I mean everything. There was never a point where they were just like, I think we need to try to wrap this up. You know, <sighs> like they definitely the attention to detail in every aspect was just spot on i think you know the humor never falls flat you know even when the sign the seinfeld shit yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah that's, you know, what is that oh, I, I can't hear you because i got a pickle in my ear you know like that shit like fucking i love every single line in this movie i literally could recite the movie like you know while it's playing like it's just so good and and i think for the fact that it came out at the perfect time and it our generation really got lucky with music and with movies and everything else. We got it good because, yeah. you know, we were kind of peak. He's gonna he's gonna talk in his old man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we did. You kids don't know what it was like. We had it good. Yeah, <laughs> we. I mean, yeah. I mean, like the '90s were very punk rock, you know. Yeah, and and, and kind of anything goes. And I thought that was a that's a great time to be coming of age and just like discovering your sense of humor and everything else. I mean, it was just it was a perfect introduction to shitty movies. And um, like I said, this was my first DVD I ever bought. I think the other one I bought after this was Johnny Mnemonic for some reason. Wow. I, 
Yeah, it was like five. It was like one of those. Yeah, like yeah. Five, it was like five bucks. I'm like, whoa, it's a DVD for five dollars, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I bought that. But but this was the first one I really went out of my way to find. And I think it was at Best Buy. And I got the uncut version. And I was so excited because, like, I couldn't see. I, I was waiting for that uncut version. And when it came out on DVD, it had both versions of it. And I was able to see it. And, yeah, I, I think this movie holds up. And I think it holds up even better than when it first came out just because of the fact that it's just it's like I said the pacing and everything else we've kind of like movies have gotten more stimulating mm-hmm. more going on or it or that if you don't if you can't capture the viewer every single second then you've failed almost and this movie does that without ever even like the time it came out, those movies weren't. Yeah, that style that wasn't, wasn't a thing to do at all. Yeah, and so, you know, like I said, we 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 didn't even feel like picking up our phones the whole goddamn time and watching this movie, which I can't even say for most movies that come out now. <laughs> so that's my that's my take on it. So, Gavin, are you sticking with the ten? I didn't say ten. Oh no, no, no I no, thought no. he was going to give it a ten. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, you go then. No, uh, <laughs> I, and I'm not. I'm not gonna. My ratings don't make sense. No. And, (laughs) like, although I don't have one single bad thing to say about this movie, not one, I'm still only going to give it an eight. Which, for me, that's, like, still way up there. But I'm not going to give it a ten, even though I can't say a single bad thing about it. So I I can't justify that or explain why (laughs) I feel that way. Um, And I'm not even going to try to explain the rating because... I've I've rambled for the last how long about all the things that I like about the movie. So yeah, and I I mean it's kind of like me with Quigley, man. Like I, it's, you can't explain. I can't explain why I give that movie. I I acknowledge all the bad things about it. I acknowledge that half the movie's just a fucking dog running down the sidewalk. <laughs> like, but there's you know it's just it it gets me. Yeah, you know, it's a gem. So does anybody yeah. <laughs> want to guess what I'm going to give this movie? I honestly, I think you're going to give this movie like a six. I was going to also say six. Okay, so you're you're both wrong. Really? Oh. So, well, first of all, let me just say that if I, if I were to just rate this on mov- movies in his genre, I mm-hmm. would agree with you, Jason. I'd probably give it a twelve because wow. I don't think that I'm going to ever see a movie that that did it as right as they did it. Yeah. And not to say that it's a great movie, mm-hmm. but for the genre it's in and how much I like the genre, it's a great movie. Yeah. But I'm going to give it. On the basis of normal movies, I would give it like a seven, seven and a half. Whoa. Whoa. So I I gotta say I really think that this podcast is is wait. slowly changing you. Yeah, it might be. You it know. might be. And maybe at some point in time you'll be you'll play a movie that's just a piece of shit and I'll be like, <laughs> Oh, that was so good, but Yeah. <laughs> But that could very well be. Yeah, my next pick is Prayer of the Roller Boys. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. But Yeah, we're actually uh we're gonna be watching one of Gab's movies next because it actually goes well with the trauma. Yeah. Uh what is it? Which this is totally a coincidence because it's been on my radar for a while to show. Um it's uh never too young to die. Okay. Do you want to tell us what because I'm curious what it's about. I know we're gonna redo what it's about when it's well <laughs> <laughs> let, let me say up front, Never Too Young to Die, not a horror movie. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I already failed there. But uh, it's a it's an 80s movie where our hero is high school super spy John Stamos. Okay. Uh, nice. And the, and the villain is 
hermaphrodite uh, played by Gene Simmons of Kiss. Oh, shit. Wow. Whose goal in life is to poison the water supply of L.A. Okay. So John Samos has to use his spy gymnast skills to stop Gene Simmons from poisoning the water supply. I hope this is as good as cutting class or dental school. Wow. I have not seen dental school, but I, but I think... <laughs> That's I think, because no one keeps... Like, whoever has it isn't returned it to the video story. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I can say with confidence that this is in the range of cutting class. Oh, I hope so, because I love cutting class. That was one of the... That's... I think that was the most surprising movie that we've seen so far. Like, I, that I enjoyed it as much as I did. I think that... I think Never Too Young to Die... I've been... I showed this... To my sister, my brother-in-law, mm-hmm. just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I've been making people watch this movie, <laughs> and and they watched it, and half of the movie was there, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, but not in a bad way. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, what the hell? You know, so I think I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised by this movie that nobody has ever heard of. So, not to go too off the rails, but when you show movies to people, yeah, like you were talking about this before. Like where you'll show somebody Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD, yeah, and you'll show it to him knowing like this is a this is like not a good thing to be doing, but <laughs> yeah. I but but I want to subject this person to it. I yeah. want somebody to see this with me. So I was thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, you know, I did the same thing, except like the sad part about it is. When I used to do it, I would be doing it thinking, there's no way they're Eric's not, not going to like, like this. this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would show people, like, fucking Terra Firmer, or I would show people blood-sucking freaks, and I'd be like, this movie's fucking, you're going to fucking love this yeah. movie. And everybody would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Yeah. And, <clears throat> it, you know. It, I had that lack of self-awareness. It, like, it, it, it dep- I wouldn't show somebody blood-sucking freaks. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But, but there's other, like. There's other movies where I I recognize it's bad, but I'd still show somebody. Just yeah. Because I'd be like, hey, this is... But there's other... Like, yeah. Blood Second Freaks, I wouldn't show people. Most of the cannibal movies, I wouldn't show yeah. people. Well, like Gummo. I showed Gummo to... <laughs> everybody. I would, everybody. Yeah, I would show Gummo to people. Yeah. I so I got that. so much shit. Fucking Nick Bees, God rest his soul. Fucking Nick Bees demanded an hour and a half of my time back. Or of his time back. He was like, you owe me an hour and a half. Like, And he was so fucking... He was, everyone was mad. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought you guys would like it. But that that was the... Uh, that was the epitome of bad movies you've shown people, Jason. That movie's yeah. terrible. My, my favorite <laughs> See, I thing, love it. My yeah. favorite thing about watching a movie with Jason, and I remember the first time we ever went to a theater and watched a movie, and uh-huh. I think the movie was called Wolf Creek that we went and Ooh, saw. Oh, I could have been. I'm sorry. And, yeah. and Jason's like, oh, you guys are going to fucking love this movie. It's going to be fucking <laughs> awesome. And then, And this has happened on numerous occasions. We get halfway through the movie, and he turns and looks at me, and he's like, I'm sorry, man. This movie It wasn't sucks. Wolf Creek. You know what it was? It was Seed of Chucky. I know it happened with Seed of Chucky, too. <laughs> yeah. But I think it happened with Wolf Creek as mm. well. There was like a it's span pop. where every movie, you, you're like, you got to go see this movie. And yep. I'm like, fine, we'll go see the movie. Yep. And then we would watch it, and I'd be like, uh, oh, Thank my you God. for being a good sport, though, man. <laughs> yes. You always supported me. See the Juggies not Wolf, Wolf Creek has a lot of fans, and I've just always thought it was boring. Well, have you seen the sequel? Because the sequel's very, very good. It's better. It's better. It's not. I still don't. I don't get it. I don't get the Wolf Creek love, but whatever. 
I think I just think his character, uh, I forgot what his name, Mick something or other. I just fucking love it. I think his character is fucking hilarious. And I haven't really get watched. There's a TV show for that, too, if you didn't know. And I oh. uh, I haven't. I've watched like the first episode. It was pretty good. And then after that, it kind of just turns into like a detective show. Hmm. Yeah. And it's not like it, you don't see a lot of Mick. And it's like, well, what's the fucking point? I can watch a shitty detective show. <laughs> sure, yeah, there's plenty know? of those on TV, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. We will, we're going to wrap this episode up so Gavin can get to his his thing he's got to yeah. do in 45 minutes. So, yeah. But uh, I, I forget. Gavin, what was the movie for next week we'll be back with? <laughs> uh, never, never Too Young to Die. Never Too Young to Die. We'll be yeah. back in two weeks with that movie. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to Hobbs and Horror Movie Review Podcast. Join us in two weeks for another exciting movie review.